Art of the Kickstart, Episode 51. Welcome to theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Hey guys, one of the biggest challenges and questions that I've been getting quite a bit from inventors and innovators out there, and just things I've seen from over 50 plus podcast interviews, is some of the challenges that people have when they're launching their Kickstarter campaign. They want to know, do they have everything ready? Is there anything they missed? So I just put together a checklist, 23 steps to make sure your Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to dominate when you launch. You guys can get that for free by going to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Just signing up and hopefully that will help you launch your campaign hassle-free and just get it off the ground and running smooth. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super pumped to have Lily and Joe Bourne, the father-daughter tandem behind Kangaroo Cups, the company that's really trying to help people everywhere just get a handle on the cup. Prevent the spills. Thank you so much for coming today, guys. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thanks for having us. So, Joe, Lily, I got a question for you guys. We like to start these interviews off with a life quote or a success quote. I want one from you, Lily. Is there anything out there that you've heard, things that really you try to follow or live by? I guess one of the things that I, that I live by is is to one try hardest, too, is to, um, is to never be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is huge. There's always people out there that can help you. And you kind of asked your dad for help with this project. Take us back to the very beginning, the first Kickstarter campaign that you guys launched. What is the story of Kangaroo Cup? People need to hear this because it's awesome. The Kangaroo Cup, it's, um, so it kind of started when my, when this kind of developed over time. And my grandpa, he has Parkinson's disease and he's been constantly spilling things. And so I thought if a something to lean off of so it wouldn't tip over so it wouldn't tip over and so and then I went to my den and then and then I said hey I have this idea what if I made a leg that would be a little bit less likely to tip over and so we used one of my grandma's cups and like um, and multiple plastic and we made the legs out of multiple plastic and we just and then we just attached it Oh, and we just attached um, the legs onto the cup. And how old were you when you were doing this? Just to prove that innovation can happen at any age. I think I got the idea when I was around eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine. That is just so crazy. It's just a little kid with a great idea to help help her grandpa. So, Dad, how does this work? Lily comes to you with an idea. When do you start to get on board? When do you start to finally think, this could be a really cool idea. This could be a business. What's the story? Well, actually, it originally started because Lily was always asking me, what am I good at? You know, she didn't feel like she was really great at this particular teaching in, in school. And so I thought, well, if we, she's very inventive. And I thought if we did one of these, you know, one of her projects, one of her invention projects, she could see it really has value. So I, we started actually the, the investigation of grandpa's problem. Like, what problem is here on the house? And she's like, well, you know, poor grandpa's always spilling. Grandma's to clean up, but, you know. It's, uh, you know, really hurting his, his independent self-confidence. And, you know, and so I said, okay, how do we 
solve that. And then, you know, she came up with this idea. And then, like she said, we the, this hand moldable plastic and made one of grandma's cups into a, you know, one of the kangaroo cups. And, um, and that was sort of it. Then probably, geez, I don't know, a year later or close to that, she started going to pottery. Her aunt uh, took her to pottery studio down the street. And then she started making ceramic versions for me. You know, she could see I was spelling on the keyboard and stuff. And it was really at that moment, I'm like, wow, this really could be a, a product. And, and I asked her, she was, like she said, she was probably nine or 10 at the time. And I said, well, you want to try and take this into production? And, you know, she looks at me, she's like, sure, why not? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so that was kind of the start. Then we, we flew to China and we, you know, found a factory, built some prototypes, and we came back with the prototypes quotes and then we uh that's when we launched the first uh, ceramic kickstarter that's so awesome so lily people think of you as a kid but you've got this idea you decide to act on it you go with your dad i can't even pronounce the name of the city in china the capital of ceramics and you start working on this you're building this project this business what's it like with all those other kids in your class they just don't understand what you're doing they just want to take their tests play video games play sports and you're building a business take us through that all the people at my school, they have plenty of other things to worry about. So I guess that they really don't pay much attention to it, but because they have so many other things to worry about, it's middle school. There's a lot of things to do. Lily talks about the project surprisingly little at school. In fact, you know, it's funny, she's been at this national coverage and then they've got in the school office, they've got all these little local papers and stuff showing somebody who won the you know wrestling state championship or this, that, or the other. And there's not a single article about Lily from the, you know, the, that's crazy to the Washington post. And then finally I just brought one of the papers. I'm like, Hey, maybe you guys could put up one of Lily's little thing. So she, it's amazing. You know, I'll go to like her birthday party and we'll be at the height of it. And, you know, she just got, you know, interviewed by, you know, some national news. And I'll be like, well, quite a thing about her cups. And the, you know, the girl who's having the birthday be like, what cups, what do you mean? And so, so I, I Lily keeps a pretty low profile. Thank, uh, thankfully, she's a pretty humble kid, so it doesn't. I don't think it really gets to her head. I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, and I see this theme. Some of them, like Lily, they're real creative. They're making products. They're starting businesses when they're young, and it's almost as if schools discourage it. You're doing something different than everyone else. There's ABC kid. They're out there playing sports. They're doing good on math. They're playing video games, and parents are always parents, teachers. Oh, good job, Jimmy. Keep doing that. But if you try to sell bubblegum at school, you try to start an awesome business to help people with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, or just older people that have trouble gripping cups, and they kind of, you're different. Have you noticed any of that from other people or the pressures that you've had, Lily? I guess I kind of have. Like in school, a lot of kids are trying to start their own businesses. Like I know one of my friends is trying to, she makes like, um, it's actually pretty cool. She makes like, um, like pencil cases and lunch boxes and like a bunch of other stuff like out of the colored duct tape. So like she's been trying to do that around school, but she know, but some, but some people, but the teachers say, Oh, you're, you can't do, you can't like do that or whatever. But, um, but I think, but I think um, that she, that she's doing great, that she's doing great at it. And I actually want to get one myself. That's awesome. It's great to see people that are really trying to they're trying to push entrepreneurship. And I think both of you guys are doing that. It's an awesome story. But of course, there's been some challenges. There has to have been along the way. What are some of the issues that you guys have had up to this point? So I remember while um, we were still selling the, cer- well, we are selling the ceramic cuts. We, when we're, 
like after the Kickstarter ended and we were packaging up all of the um, ceramic cups and I remembered there were like loads of ceramic cups coming through and I, and I remember my dad picking me up early one day from school um, at the last day of winter break to help pack up all the cups in like gigantic boxes. And that was Zach. And we got like this truck and my mom helped. And it was actually truly, it, it was actually like, so it was hope it was so hard. And, and you could tell about trying to get the cups made in the U.S. The ceramic uh, yeah. and the difficulty we had with that. Yeah. And so, and then we tried to get the ceramic cups made in the U.S., so instead instead of like having them shipped over from China to, to us. And so we got some cups that were unpainted from China. And then we tried to like find a potter near us that could um that could paint the cups and get the general idea of how to make them, fire them. And so we had um and so we had a potter paint a cup with paints that we use in the US in the US and then for some reason, the paint and the and the clay—I don't know what—I I forgot what happened, but it's it just didn't work right. Yeah, we had a really tough time trying to get them made in the U.S. We lost months and months doing that. It was very difficult, wasn't it, Lily? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. There's always like these little there's these little just hassles and headaches when you're trying to build a product that you just don't expect. So you guys launched this first campaign and you raised pretty close to $7,000. A great job. You nailed the goal. But you decided to come back to Kickstarter again. You want to make a plastic version. What was the thinking behind this? Why did you guys decide to come back and what's new? We decided to do that because I figured that like um, a plastic version, it's lighter and less um, heavier than the ceramic cups. So it's breakable. It was, it's less breakable and, um, and I guess... I guess it would kind of aim more more towards kids, like kids who are moving out of the sippy cup stage to like a regular cup, but their parents still not sure about like whether like if you should like actually give them a real cup or not. And so I guess that and so I guess it would be kind of in between like the sippy cup and the regular cup stage. So like. And it is that is such a great idea for little kids. It makes it easier. It's a great transition, like tricycles to bikes. You guys are doing this. You're building a business around it. What's it like building a family business together? You've got dad and daughter just doing something amazing. What's the dynamic like? Who wears the pants? <laughs> you know what that means? No, not at all. Oh, my bad. My bad. Who wears the pants means who makes the important decisions in the relationship? Um, I feel like I make a few important decisions, but... Again, I am 12. I can't make the most logical decisions in the world. I can't decide what the meaning of life is. So. <laughs> no worries. You're the designer. You're the person who's coming up with the ideas. Dad's helping with the business thing. You guys make a good tandem, I think. Yeah, yeah no, it's been fun so far, hasn't it, Lily? Yeah. Are you full-time now on this, Joe? How's this working for you? No, it's uh, it's still a very, uh, it's a very rigorous evenings and weekends, which has slowed it down. We have a small team of freelancers and and people are part time, but uh, I think it'll it'll you know really take off when we have the plastic versions in uh, in production, which is you know that that date is slipping some. We're, we're you know we're striving for Christmas, but I mean you know it's it's relatively soon, um, and once that happens, you know we'll start on Amazon. We'll try and get more distribution, and I think that's that's when we really turn the corner into this being. 
yeah, plastic's tough. You've got to get those injection molds made. You've got to get the molds, everything. Super expensive to set up. But once you start doing it, you can crank out these cups. And these seem like pretty awesome products. Right, right, exactly. What made you two decide to go crowdfunding for both the first and the second campaign? How'd you get into it? And what'd you like about it? What do you think? What do you think Um, about Kickstarter? It's good. Why'd we do it? I guess we did it to, um, I guess, I guess we did it to get, to get the cup out, out there to, um, to get people aware of, of the cup and the, and then, um, try to make, then try to make this an actual business. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a, the, there's such a story behind the product that it really lends itself to crowdfunding. You know, we have the opportunity to put the video and, and, you know, I knew it'd be good to interview Lily and put, you know, pictures and video of us in China when we made our trip over there. So it seemed like something that really lended itself towards um, Kickstarter. And, you know, also this was a business that, you know, we really did by ourselves. So it was very much bootstrapped. So, you know, without the Kickstarter pre-sales, um, you know, it would have been hard to get the business, um, you know, off and going on its own and get the, you know, minimum order quantities. And, and now with the plastics pay for tooling, as you say. So um, it, it fit. I think it fit pretty well. Oh, most definitely. That's why you nailed both your campaigns. This is absolutely a product with an amazing story from you guys, your grandpa, just the vision and everything behind it is really what helps pull it together and make it into something awesome. I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, guys? Sure. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question for you two, Lily, you're a 12-year-old entrepreneur. You started when you were eight. What made you think that you could do this? Were there other kid entrepreneurs out there that inspired you? Or are you the one that is out there inspiring kids? What's it like for you? I guess I, ju- I just came up with this, li- with this little idea and then I, ha- and then I just went to my dad. That's just... There's nothing else to say about that. Yeah, we're kind of an entrepreneurial family. It's sort of in our blood, I think. That is an awesome thing to have in your blood. What do you think drives that in you guys? Why is it that you guys are an entrepreneurial family? Because that is, I think, personally, I believe entrepreneurship to be the ideal route for living life, building business, and happiness. And you guys kind of seem to be embodying that. What's it like for you? Well, we, I was raised in a small town that, or, you know, a small suburb outside of Chicago, anyway, that you know, really was very entrepreneurial focused. I mean, literally growing up, all my friends' families were small business people. I literally did not know a single dad or mom of any of my friends who was, you know, worked for a Fortune 500 company. So I think that's a lot of it. And, you know, Lily's kind of much the same way. I mean, our circle of friends are, you know, a lot of small business people. A lot of them are entrepreneurs, uh, you know, and there's even, you know, some of that, like Lily was saying, in her, in her school with, you know, her friend who makes the lunch boxes and stuff. So I, I think a lot of it is the community that, that you know, helps you make you make make you feel like it's okay and, and you know, make you feel like it's okay to try new things. I think that's a lot of what drives And it's absolutely contagious. You got to get around other people that are doing it. I got a question for you, Lily. What do you think you're going to be when you grow up? Will you be an entrepreneur? Is that a definite thing now? Or there's some other things that you like? Where do you see life going? I really don't know where where my future career is going to be go is going to be going. I mean, I really do enjoy I really do enjoy going to drama club almost every day after school, and so I guess like something in the performing arts or maybe 
or maybe an entrepreneur would probably be one of my would probably be one of my goals. That's good. You should never have too set of a plan because life's always going to change. You're going to like to do different things and you got to learn about life. And you're you're doing something pretty cool. Question for you. So dad, how do you think this will affect Lily long term and you guys as a business? What's it like for your relationship and for her to be able to do something like this as a kid, as somebody who's super creative? You know, I think in general, people ask, you know, what does Lily want to do? And I love it when she says, I don't really know. I mean, to me, the, 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 what I had hoped she'd get out of this would be just greater confidence to see that, you know, her contributions do matter, to see that she really is capable. Um, and also to see, like, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier, to see that some of the non-conventional things that you do that aren't really measured in school, that aren't about grades or test scores, um, really are important and really do mean something to people. And I think, you know, we've really gotten that in spades. I mean, Lily gets a ton of feedback for the cups, a ton of feedback from, you know, people that have been helped by the cups or people who are inspired by the story. And so I think whatever she does, she'll approach with a lot more confidence than she would have without it. Um, I mean, this has really changed her, you know, her life and, and, you know, her belief that she can do these things, I think, in a pretty dramatic way. As superstar crowdfunders, this is your second successful campaign. Where do you two see crowdfunding going? Where do you see the inventors, innovators, and just the business behind people helping other people launch businesses going? You know, I think crowdfunding is a is a huge trend, and I think it's a part of a, a broader trend that's really going to distribute manufacturing and making um, in, in a pretty significant way. I mean, I think it's going to upend the entirety of how we purchase and buy products. You know, even today manufacturing isn't fully caught up and it's still very hard to make 500 pieces of something, particularly plastic, as you alluded to. So, I mean, you still got big barriers like, you know, building injection molds and stuff. But as we see more and more crowdfunding, there's going to be more and more tools to do that. As we see more and more, you know, crowdfunding and those tools, you'll see more and more demand for kind of these uh, more artisanal, smaller run products. And I think that's going to be a huge drive. I mean, I really do. I think we're going to have more flexible products. I think we're going to have, you know, more manufacturers. I think we're going to have more small manufacturers. And uh, and I think that's going to really help to, you know, dem- democratize, you know, not just manufacturing, but the, the economy as a whole. It's such an exciting time. It's so cool to be around. Lily, question for you. So this must have been terrifying. What is the scariest part of this journey you've been through? Was there some interview or having to meet manufacturers? What part really terrified you the most and made you realize afterwards that you really could do this? You were really awesome. Uh, something that that kind of scared me is that um, one time uh, I was being interviewed. My dad pulled me out of school on probably the second to last day of school last year to get interviewed. Um and the person interviewed me on the part where I really don't do that, that part of the, of this, um, of the entrepreneuring and the product process. And then I was like, what do I do? I was like mouthing to my dad, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I answer? They were asking her like details of the molds and stuff like that. And Lily was, uh, she got a little panicky. But see, you held it together. You nailed it. And it makes you that much stronger. That's the cool thing about this is you're still so young. This is going to make you such a stronger, more awesome person. And that's really what makes it exciting for me and for anybody else that gets really inspired by your story. Last question of the launch round. So this one's for you, Joe. Have there been any business books, life books out there that have really influenced you in your journey as an entrepreneur, as a business guy? You know, I think the biggest book, it's not an entrepreneur book 
per se, but uh, His Excellency about George Washington is, is what I always say. It's uh, one of the best books for entrepreneurs to read because Washington had to go through so many struggles and fail and fail repeatedly in these really humiliating, embarrassing things from, you know, not being able to pay the Continental Army to, you know, reneging on deals with the Indians. And time and time again, he had to show up and be like, now I know that the last thing I told you didn't quite work out, but we're here again. And I think, you know, it's stories like those that really make you feel like, you know, your own struggles and your own embarrassment and you know your own setbacks uh, are okay and they're normal and they're, you know, they don't mean that you're ultimately going to fail. They, they just, you know, are, are very typical part of trying to do anything hard. That's one of my most coveted books on that. That's so. awesome. And it is, it is so good to look back at that because so too often people compare themselves to other people's highlight reels. And that's just not a great way to live. You've got to see the struggles as well to understand. Let's jump out of the launch round now. Back to you guys, your Kickstarter campaign. So it's over. You raised over 62000 combined about $70,000 between the two campaigns. What did you two learn from both campaigns? What did you do right? What did you do wrong? And what can other people learn from? What do you think, Lily? What did we do right? <laughs> I guess the part where I actually came up with the idea, because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be. And I wouldn't be in the place where I am now. What part of the Kickstarter campaign are you most proud of? Um, you did a great job on the video, Lily. Just, I'm just going to put that part out there. <laughs> Thanks. Did um, you enjoy doing the video? Yeah. I think yeah. I think the presentation we learned a lot from the from the uh, uh, first campaign on that. I don't think we anticipated there'd be as many. You know, I've been doing product development for a while, but you know, as we're doing this bootstrap, you know, without a lot of resources and you know, with just you know a small team, you know, I don't think we anticipate how much extra time that was going to take. And so, you know, delivery, you know, that'll that'll you know be behind. We promised October, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and you know, we certainly got a little carried away with the number of uh, colors and cups and, you know, promising different sizes and stuff. So that, that definitely uh, overcommitted us a bit, but uh, not anything disastrous, but, but I think those are some of the lessons. Definitely. It's tough, especially when you've got all those options. And this is going to be the last question. We're going to start to wrap up. You guys have been great guests. I've been so glad to have you on here and share the story, but I've got a question for each of you now. I want both of you guys to give one piece of advice to inventors, entrepreneurs, whether they're kids, they're older, younger, just people that want to make something awesome. If you could just tell them one thing, what would you tell them? I guess one thing I, w- I want to do is to, um, is to not, not be afraid to fail because um, I know in my life I've failed plenty of times. And um, it's kind of like ice skating. It's like, oh, um, I don't, I really don't want to fall. But like, when, but once you fall, you just get get back up and do and do what you what you were doing and keep and keep doing your thing until you until you perfect it. That is an awesome analogy. Just keep falling and keep getting better from it. I love that, Lily. What about you, Dad? I think the biggest thing is, Lily alluded to this, but asking for help. I mean, I think that particularly when you're in school, particularly for young entrepreneurs, you know, it's a very individual pursuit. And so it's like, how smart are you? What can you do? You know, what do you do on the test? And if anyone you helps you that way, that's considered cheating. But, you know, in life and in business, what you're doing is about 
pursuing um, projects with teams and, and, you know, and it's, it's a much different mindset. I mean, you have to, you, you know, you really do have to get help and it's not about, you know, what you do at every single uh, turn. It's, you know, it's about what help you can get and, and how you can help to recruit team members and, and recruit uh, vendors and partners and all kinds of stuff. So it's a very different way to look at things, but I think it's very important to get in that mindset, be a successful entrepreneur. That is so true. It is like the opposite of school. But the more help you get, the better off you're going to do. I want to thank both of you guys for coming on. You both have been awesome to talk to. I love the story. I know people are going to love it. Now I got to give you two a chance. Pitch Kangaroo Cup. Where can people come check you out? And why should they check out Kangaroo Cup? Why is it the coolest cup ever? One benefit is that it can stack, it can stack up. So it'll save space in your cupboard or whatever. And so the legs lift up the cup so it won't leave rings on the table. And you don't have to use a coaster, which my dad yells at me for all the time. <laughs> and, um, and, obvi- and again, it doesn't spill. I don't know why I didn't start with that. But and it doesn't spill. It, and the edges are curved in. So if you splash it around, then um, drops will just go right back in the cup. And, um, and they can find it at Imagineru on and, the website. And you, can, and you can find the cup at, ima- at Imagineru.com. I-M-A-G-I-R-O-O dot com. Guys, check it out. It's an awesome looking product. I got to be honest. This is like an Apple-esque designed cup. I can't really explain it any other way. Thank you for coming on, guys. You guys have been awesome. You shared a really cool story, and I think it's going to empower a lot of people. Personally, just seeing the fact that Lily's doing this as an 8-year-old and then now as a 12-year-old, it's like, why have I not built something amazing yet? People are going to ask themselves that because that's what you guys are doing. It's a really cool motivational story. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this, and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams.